scripture this morning is Matthew 5, 1 through 12. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the wisdom shared in the Beatitudes, guiding us to seek humility, righteousness, mercy, and peace. Help us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world, bringing flavor and illumination to the places and people around us. Empower us to live these teachings in our daily lives, and let our hearts be ever aligned with your love and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Good morning, Faith Westwood. Today we are concluding our three-week special stewardship series, and uh, what an amazing Sunday this has been to experience so many witnesses of faith through testimonies and through the witness of the songs. Now, to those who are visiting with us on site or online, this is a great way to learn about what is happening here at Faith Westwood. This is an amazing church family, amen? And I would certainly invite you, if you are a first-time guest with us, to further explore how we are engaging in mission and ministry from this place. Now, you are invited to follow along as we dig into God's Word today. The page number for our pew Bibles is on, listed on the screen. You are always welcome to bring your own personal Bible, or you can use a Bible app on your mobile devices. Would you join me in prayer? Almighty God, open our ears that we may hear your word. Open our eyes that we may see your glory in our midst. And open our hearts that we might know your spirit's presence with us in these moments. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You get to decide the legacy that you leave. Now, we have already paused for All Saints Remembrance, and we are preparing our hearts and minds and spirits for the conclusion of this stewardship series. And I want to invite you to reflect on the kind of legacy that we want to leave. And I want to tell you about Ruth Colesden and her legacy. She was a member of the Stanton United Methodist Church in my very first appointment. Many years prior to my arrival, Ruth had cancer, and She was a survivor, but the chemo and radiation had certainly taken a toll on her body. She previously had had this beautiful dark brown hair, but after it fell out, it grew back with, it was white as snow. And then she lost her hearing, she lost her ability to speak and to eat, 
And even so, with all of these challenges, she was a role model to trust in God's blessings. Whenever I would ask her how she was, she would say that she was blessed. Now, near the end of her life, dear sweet Ruth was losing her sight. And yet, miraculously, at the very end, she had this perfect hearing and she could hear every single one of her loved ones. She had witnessed how she had seen angels in that last week of her life, the saints who'd gone before her. She felt like they were visiting her and reminding her that she didn't have to be afraid to step into the light. Ruth's legacy of faith, hope, and love had a huge impact on my life and my ministry. And after her passing, I purchased this communion set as a way to remember her and to honor her. You get to decide the legacy that you leave. I want you to continue pondering this as we conclude the Lord Prepare Me series and remember how you and I are called to be a testimony and to celebrate the witness and gifts in our partnership covenant. As we reflect on the gospel passage, the Beatitudes or blessings, please claim that the word blessing is defined as God's favor or protection. Now we tend to talk about blessings a lot. We talk about the blessings that God has given to us, our family and our friends, our happiness, our health, and even our homes. Yet oftentimes, blessing becomes a word that we use like fine or nice, right? As Jesus gave his inaugural Sermon on the Mount, he knew that God's people weren't really feeling much blessing in their lives. At every turn, God's people were on the outside looking in, they were excluded because they weren't religious enough for the spiritual leaders. They weren't Roman enough for the government. They weren't Greek enough for the exploding culture of philosophy and thought. And so Jesus speaks right into their minds and their hearts and their souls. Theologian N.T. Wright says, Jesus is beginning a new era for God's people and God's world. Jesus proposes then a new age, a new reign of God, where these teachings were an unexpected blessing to God's people. And Jesus opens up the possibilities for all people to be included and welcomed into the kingdom of heaven. Yet this was going to involve making them reflect on what they really want in this life, what the world has to offer on one hand, or what Jesus and the kingdom have to offer on the other hand. So Jesus says, the poor in spirit belong to the kingdom of heaven. Think of the least of these in society and in our world. Those outside the walls of this church or any church. The downtrodden, the homeless, and the hungry. Jesus says, those who mourn will be comforted. Think of the people in your life that are grieving the losses that they've experienced due to job loss, divorce, health issues, addiction, and even death. Jesus says the meek will inherit the earth. Think of meek as gentle. This is a reversal of understanding here. Perhaps this is to remind those hearers that those who don't deserve much or even ask for much will receive even more. Jesus says those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. We're not talking about being filled with Halloween candy or Thanksgiving pie, are we? This is speaking of being filled with the Holy Spirit and the good things that encourage us all to be holy. Jesus says the merciful will be shown mercy. 
Jesus speaks of this elsewhere in the gospel. You have to extend mercy and grace and forgiveness to receive it. Jesus says the pure in heart will see God. Will those who are pure in heart please raise their hands? This is a hard one, isn't it? Who are the pure in heart? Is it the innocent children among us? We are called to strive to have clean hands and clean hearts in this life for the next. Jesus says the peacemakers will be called the children of God. Those who work for peace and justice around our world have a special place in the kingdom, most deserved. And Jesus says blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness and belong to the kingdom. It may, it may seem like doing the right thing in our world seems challenging. At, at times, doing the right thing may even cause distress in your life, but remember that the rewards are out of this world. And just when it doesn't seem like there could possibly be anything more that Jesus could say, he says that when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say any kind of evil against you because of him, you can rejoice and be glad because your reward is not here on earth, it is in heaven. It is as if Jesus is saying, trust me on, the, on these folks. Those who've gone before you, like the prophets, experience this. Stay the course and believe in me and believe in God's kingdom. Now, generations of biblical scholars have argued whether these blessings are testifying to God's grace or whether these blessings are imperatives that demand obedient action. Yet Jesus is not simply telling people how to behave properly because this isn't good advice. This is good news. In fact, this is wonderful news that Jesus is announcing about God's kingdom and the reign of God in this world and in the next. Talk about a legacy. But we can imagine that there were those in the crowds who heard these words and they felt loved and included, maybe even for the first time in their lives. We can also imagine that there were those who struggled to connect with these words. Perhaps they were so beaten down by the world that they just couldn't hear these words of blessing as Jesus intended. So what about us? Can we hear these words of blessing this weekend and truly claim them in our own lives? Can we hear the good news about God's kingdom? We have to admit that in our world, most people think that wonderful news still comes in the form of success or wealth and long life. Yet we have to remember that Jesus offered this wonderful news to the humble and the poor, for the mourners and the peacemakers. So what would it look like in our day for us to claim God's kingdom? After all, each week we do pray the Lord's Prayer for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Honestly, to experience these blessings of Jesus today means being aligned with the purposes of God. And God wants all people to experience the earthly blessings that point to the heavenly ones. The kingdom of God then is a present reality, initiated by God's grace through Jesus Christ, yet this kingdom is also a future reality because when we all get to heaven, we will experience the fullness of God's kingdom. While we have breath, our task is to live into the promises of the kingdom, 
And these blessings of Jesus are a summons to live our lives in the present as if we are already experiencing the kingdom in God's promised future. Again, you get to decide the legacy that you leave. Honestly, we can choose to ignore the blessings of Jesus Christ in our lives, or we can claim what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do in the future. William Law once said, if you have not chosen the kingdom of God first, it won't make any difference what you have chosen instead. Now, just a couple weeks ago, Bishop David Wilson was preaching to the clergy of the Great Plains, and he reminded us that as United Methodists, Jesus Christ is central to our faith and will continue to be central to our faith. And it is Jesus Christ that will get us to our future. So today, we choose Jesus. And tomorrow, we choose Jesus. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day, we choose Jesus. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we must invite the Lord to prepare us to be a testimony. We claim the legacy of those who've gone before us, allowing their testimony of words and actions to bring us to this specific place for such a time as this. Remember the pastors, church leaders, and member partners who had vision enough to build this particular location. To establish a building, to add on and to remodel so that we can be living out our faith right now. And at this location, faithful people have been actively making disciples of Jesus Christ since 1963. Baptizing, confirming, reaffirming the faith, marrying, remembering the sacraments, celebrating the Christian year, and always giving thanks for those who came before us. I read that it is up to us to live up to the legacy that was left for us that is worthy of our children and of future generations. What testimony will you share to leave a legacy that is worthy of our children and future generations? How will you bring others to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? How will you live into that present reality of the kingdom, pointing others to the future reality of this kingdom and of the gift of eternal life? You get to decide the legacy that you leave. We've already discussed how this church is counting on us to be bold as we share our prayers, presence, how we are called to have a little fun and to step out of our comfort zones through our service. Today we are reminded that the living testimony of our faith comes through the blessing of our witness and gifts. Yes, our partnership covenant invites you and I to vow to share our witness the ways in which God, Christ, and the Spirit have moved within our minds, hearts, and spirits. But we also vow to share our gifts. Now, some, for some, that means tithing, giving 10% of one's income. For some, that means you may be giving for the first time. You're beginning to grow into being a faithful giver. And for some, that means giving beyond 10% to church and charity. I want you to lean into the ways that God is calling you to participate in Faith Westwood with all that you are and with all that you have. As we seek to be the church that Jesus Christ has called us to be, may we pray, 
Lord, prepare me to be a testimony. Amen. And let us pray. Gracious and almighty and loving God, we thank you for your presence that is with us. We thank you for the opportunities to be that living sanctuary and missionary and testimony. God, continue to bless the stewardship campaign and bless all of the commitments as they come forward, those that are given online and those that will continue to be brought into the church. And God, we join that great cloud of witnesses today as we remember them, those that we've lifted up and those that remain on our hearts. Inspire us, bless us, and keep us. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.